Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kyle Polsman, and you're listening to the Against All Average Podcast, the show where business owners and entrepreneurs come to learn the skills and mindset to lead exceptional lives. Today, I am joined by the one and only Jake. In grade school, I used to sell candy at a 200% markup. Spurly. <laughs> what's up, Jake? What's up, Kyle? And you know, People are going to say, oh, that's not true. Oh, but everybody listened. That was 100% true. Sometimes it was 300% on Friday. Oh, Friday, you got to get that weekend money. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody had to pay for all my ice creams on uh, oh, Saturday man. and Sunday with the boys. So, so with all these candy endeavors and hustling the general high school population, and you probably started this in like middle school or even grade school, but did you ever get into any trouble other than uh, – you know, the vice principal cramping down on your hustling style? I mean, I was, I was pretty lucky. I, I think my mom only got called to the principal's office one, and it was for this just, like, fluke, real weird thing. And um, <laughs> the, the, the girl who actually tattled on me, she, she ended up getting expelled the next week. So it was kind of a – What? Was, I know, I know. It was, uh, it, it was a bogus, bogus endeavor. I was, I, was never the, I was never the troublemaker kid. I was, I was always the one trying to please the teachers. Oh man, I, I wish growing up in, in school was that easy for me. I like to uh, ruffle feathers. I still do. Uh, it's it served me well over the years. Let's get this thing rolling. We love our sponsors at the Against All Average podcast. When you need all things digital looking their best, call our friends at Fame Pro Services. Our friends will give you the above all average treatment with an awesome new website, custom graphics, social media management, and a full line of printing services. Fame, the trusted partner of the Against All Average podcast. Jake, I always like ask you this like silly question, like, Jake, are you excited for today? I mean, I'm always excited. I don't know why you keep asking. You went on a run? Are you jacked up or what? <laughs> I'm jacked up. I mean, I always get jacked up when we got these awesome guests coming on. Like, I feel like I put myself on repeat, but like my hype level just keeps going up and up and up. And I don't know when I'm going to hit the peak of this thing, but I haven't hit it yet. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I always think like, I'm always thinking of the listeners. What do the listeners want? What do the listeners want? And I act like that's what I'm thinking. I'm just saying like, who do I want to talk to this morning? And it's, <laughs> it's Anne-Marie. So we're going we're gonna to introduce our guest today and then we'll get rolling. Uh, you guys are in for a real treat. Anne-Marie Smith is an entrepreneur, business owner best-selling author, keynote speaker, and life coach. Anne-Marie shares her personal story of being divorced, penniless, and homeless to building to then go on to have an eight-figure net worth that today supports and creates opportunity for thousands of people. Over the years, Anne-Marie has been sought after as an expert by Forbes, Telemundo, and Univision. To name a few, and has partnered with fellow thought leaders like Jack Canfield, Robert Kiyosaki, and Nick Nanton. She is the founder of Crazy Amazing, a franchise designed to support people who want to be outstanding in every part of their life. Her first book, Raising Crazy Amazing Kids, hit number one on Amazon's bestseller list in several categories on its release date. In an effort to make this world a better place, she has partnered with several authors to create how to be crazy amazing in difficult times. This book is about strategies people can use to get through difficult times and still make a difference. 
She is also an executive producer on two documentaries that are near and dear to her heart. The Dreamers documentary highlights people today who once had a dream, what they did and what they did to bring that dream to fruition. It's Happening Here is a, document, a documentary bringing to light sex trafficking of children and the efforts of Project Underground Railroad to end it. And if that wasn't enough, Anne-Marie is the CEO and owner of several companies with over 400 employees. This entrepreneurial gangster is definitely against all average. What's up, Anne-Marie? Hey, good morning to the two of you. So excited to be here and uh, enjoy your energy. I'm like so pumped up right now. I and I didn't even run. Yeah, you don't need coffee when you come on the Against All Average. We just bring it. You do. <laughs> oh, man, I, I need to take a breath right now just from that introduction. So many, what, what I liked about kind of researching for this episode, Anne-Marie, is kind of your heart and your, your theory on giving back. I mean, it seems like you have more companies and nonprofits dedicated to giving back than you do anything else. So talk a little bit about growing up. How was that instilled in you and how do you use it today? So I grew up in a, a town in Southern California uh, called La Puente, uh, predominantly um, Hispanic uh, community. And uh, you know, I, I grew up with a grandmother who was very generous, gave everything, um, followed by my parents who, when we were young, would take us down to um, Mexico, Tijuana, every couple of weeks, and we would donate food, we would take paint so that we could paint uh, the orphanage, um, we would help clean up, we would play with the kids. So that that was really instilled in me as a child that you if you have, you give, and you are um, socially responsible for those that don't have as much. So that really was my upbringing. When there were, you know, recessions back in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, um, I clearly remember going to the grocery store and my parents packing up the shopping carts with food that we would donate. And what I loved, and I didn't realize at the time, is my parents would get bags of groceries and just leave them at the doorstep. They never knocked and said, hey, it's us giving you this. It was anonymous. So that really became a part of who I was too, that you just give without expecting people to know who gave. Wow, that's so, that's so cool. And I'm sure, you know, growing up to your childhood, there were times that, that got tough. Um, and you're, you're, that, that's kind of one of your claim to fame right now is, you know, keep going forward. You know, you're amazing. This whole mantra of that, how do you keep moving forward through difficult times? And like, when there seemed to be no light at the end of the tunnel, like, what did you do? You know, th there, there definitely were some tough times. And I've always had a very strong connection to God. I've, since I was a little girl, I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. And I just remember as a little girl reading hearing that every dream that's in your heart god has already fulfilled it so i held on to that like okay i have this dream so it's already considered done i just got to kind of go through that motion and that really kept me moving forward when times were tough just that hope that um desire 
as I became an adult, um, I, I went through a really rough time and went through a divorce. And I took the time during that really rough spot to figure out who I was. I did a lot of reading. I read every book Jack Canfield came out with. I read Robert Kiyosaki's books. I read, you know, Tony Robbins book. And I learned about vision boards. So I started putting my dreams in picture form on a vision board. And that really helped give me hope. And then as things manifested, I had a dreams accomplished board. And it, you know, as I'm staring at it now, like my dreams accomplished board is filled. And as I look at that, especially right now during difficult times, COVID, I, I walk into my office and I look at my dreams accomplished and I think, boy, those were, those were big, big dreams that scared me. And, and then they manifested themselves. So to be able to put bigger dreams on my vision board now is like, yeah, it's a piece of cake, even though they still scare me. So right. I've used that over my lifetime of dream and, and dream big. And my dreams really have to scare me, to scare me because I have no idea how they're going to happen. And then when they happen, it's like, oh my gosh, that was, that's pretty cool. Right. And, and we, it's, go ahead, Jake. Well, and I was just thinking this kind of makes a connection to one of our previous episodes. I think the episode before this, we talked about mindset and, you know, you have to always, you know, be looking forward. You have to, you have to realize that failure is a possibility, but you can't let it scare you. How, like what, what, do you have any mindset strategies? What's your mindset in difficult times? Like what, like, are there little things that you do every morning that just get you in the right mindset? If you could talk kind of a little bit about your mindset, that'd be awesome. Yes, that, that, that's key. You have to have a mindset of abundance, um, not a scarcity mindset. So some of the things that I do is first thing in the morning, um, well, a couple of things. Um, if I wake up in the middle of the night, um, my first words are, thank you, God, you know, for whatever I'm thinking of. Thank you that I have enough money to feed my pets. Thank you that I have crazy, amazing children. Thank you that I have a husband to die for. Um, and I just do that. Um, and then I'll fall back asleep. First thing in the morning, I put my hands over my heart and I just go through what I'm grateful for. Thank you that my feet can feel the ground. Thank you that I can breathe. Thank you for my heart just beating without me telling it to. Thank you for the crazy, amazing things that are going to happen today. Thank you for the difference I'm going to make in somebody's life today. And it really just gets me in a place that I expect it to be an amazing day. I expect that I'm going to run into somebody that needed to meet me. Um, so that's just habit now. Um, then I, you know, I drink celery juice every morning. Um, gets me pumped up. But those <laughs> things have been really key. I, need, I might need to try that. The coffee wears off at about one and I need to take a little snooze. Maybe I need to grind up some celery in my coffee. Is, is that how you do it? Do you just grind it up in the coffee? Is it you just throw it all in a blender, coffee, uh, protein powder, <laughs> celery <laughs> juice, cross your fingers and then chug it? Is that how it works? Whatever, Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Anne-Marie, you're talking about gratitude and waking up with gratitude and, and you calmly consciously you put your hands over your heart and you think about what you're grateful for 
Are you more grateful now than ever because you've been through the ups and downs? Does Do the lower spots of your life or when you think back at some of those rough times, because you've been through those times and, and better times and worse, does that make your gratitude sessions any better? I, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is you've been through a lot. And when, when I know when I'm grateful, like, I'm like, I'm sometimes grateful. Hey, I don't have to go through that again today. Is, is that part of your um, mindset when you're waking up? Well, it's interesting you ask that. Um, I really believe that you need to be grateful even when you aren't where you want to be. So during some of my most difficult times, I didn't have a car. You know, I was, I was sleeping on my sister's couch. Um, I was very grateful that I could still breathe, that I could still see. And then I started being grateful for what I didn't have yet. I'm grateful that money chases me. I'm grateful. I, you know, I, I didn't have a car. So my brother-in-law lent me this Nissan truck. And I'll, I'll never forget. I used to say, dear God, I'm so grateful for that beautiful Mercedes in the driveway. Well, it wasn't a Mercedes, but I treated it like it. So I'm, am awesome. I more grateful now because of what I've gone through? I, I've always practiced gratitude. Um, it's definitely now based on what I've gone through and I'm grateful that I'm where I'm at today. But I think you really need to be grateful even when you don't have. I think you need to develop that habit of um, being grateful. You know, your mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what you make up. So there was a Nissan pickup sitting in the driveway. I would say thank you for my big black Mercedes. It didn't know that. Um, but I generated that feeling inside of as if. And um, I, I was grateful. Even when I didn't have money, I would pray to God, give me 52 cents so I could buy pintos and cheese from Taco Bell. And I was very grateful when I found 52 cents. Sometimes I found a dollar four and it was Ooh, like, double. oh, wow, that's like double, double blessing. But, but you have to be grateful even if you don't have it yet. You, you, and the same thing with happiness. You just got to be happy where you're at and you've got to be grateful where you're at. Because that's when the blessings start to come. That's when it shows up. Um, don't be of the mindset that I'll be grateful when. Because it, it doesn't work that way. You have to be grateful before you have it. And, and that's, that's so important. We, we talked about, Jake and I did our own episode yesterday. We just call them quick hitters. And we're talking about preparation. And having the mindset that you're always prepared for that next opportunity. It seems like you have that same mindset with gratitude. I'm here right now. I'm happy. I love my life. It might be a Nissan in the driveway now. And that's fine. But like, I, I know that I'm getting somewhere. I know that I'm going somewhere. Talk about preparation and kind of what you have always done to kind of be prepared, always be there for all these cool opportunities that you've gotten. You've gotten the opportunity to, to uh, excuse me, opportunity to work with Robert Kiyosaki um, and so many other thought leaders. 
how do you just stay in that zone? Like, how are you always in these circles? And when you were down and out, what was the strategy, those small little steps to get hooked into a monster network? So when I, I didn't have any money, um, I would sit at Barnes and Noble and I would read. So I was going to school full time. I was working full time and I would, go to my local Barnes and Noble and sit on the floor and read. So Jack Canfield, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, anybody I could get my hands on. And as I started seeing that their methods worked in my life, um, the vision boards, the, you know, what I put on there would, would work. Um, a couple of years ago, I put on my vision board that I wanted to, um, write a book with Jack Canfield actually wanted to meet him. So he was on my vision board with a book and I, I Set it there and my belief is and I'm coming out with a book called you only get what you order and It it really is about ordering what you want. So I ordered Jack Canfield and a book with him That's so awesome. out of out of just one day I get a phone call from one of his producers and says, Hey, um, somebody gave me your number and I think you'd like to come to a retreat. He's doing a very private retreat with like 10 people, um, in Santa Barbara, you'll have dinner at his house. I think it'd be a great opportunity to meet him. I was like, I'm in, I go, I fell in love with Jack Canfield. Like he is the most amazing, sweetest man ever. So, we're at the, at the workshop and uh, we're doing a, a, a little um, uh, skit kind of thing where you ask what you want. So he picked me and he looks at me, he goes, what do you want? I said, I want to write a book with you. He says, okay. I'm like, picture with him and, I, I was just like in awe, in awe. And I even told him, I said, I don't want to like embarrass myself and act like, you know, this groupie, but I like you were on my vision board and here I'm with you now. So anyway, I, I got to do a book with him um, uh, last year. It's been a year now uh, called uh, Success, uh, Principles of Success. And uh, I did a chapter in it. Um, then I went on this thing that I... I you know, I, I stole Jack Canfield's mantra. I live in a $4 million house. I have a husband to die for. I have uh, crazy, amazing children. And we travel to the most exotic places in the world. And three years ago, we were in New Zealand. Our house had just hit like a value of $4 million. And I told my husband, I said, I did it. Like, this is Jack Canfield's mantra that I took. And we have it. We're in New Zealand. And we... We have two amazing children and we live in a four and a half million dollar home and I, I'm married to, you know, a husband to die for. So when, when that happened, I realized I put Robert Kiyosaki on my board because I thought I want to thank him because he has no idea the impact he made on my life. We've made our, our wealth is from the real estate. I did everything uh, Robert Kiyosaki said. I did what Jack Canfield said. I did what Tony Robbins so Tony Robbins is on my board, Oprah's on my board, um, Jack Canfield, Robert Kiyosaki. So I'm at an event last year in Hollywood and 
I'm sitting in a lounge. My girlfriends went to get a drink and I'm sitting waiting for them. And this man comes and sits by me. And uh, I look, I'm like, holy crap, that's Robert Kiyosaki. So he turns over to me and he says, hi, um, my name's Robert. I said, I know exactly who you are and I want to thank you. I said, my name's Anne-Marie. You have no idea what you did in my life. So I proceed to tell him. He got so teary-eyed. He's like, I needed to hear that today. He says, tell me more. So anyway, he proceeds to invite me to his podcast, followed by his wife inviting me to that. And I told him, I said, and I told the story, you're on my vision board. You, you have no idea what you did for my life. I went from penniless, broke, to a net worth of eight figures because of, of what you taught me with real estate. And I want to thank you. So I'm excited now because I know Oprah's going to be next and Tony Robbins is going to be next. But, <laughs> but they were on my board. And I think it was really important for me to tell them the impact that they made on my life because I literally was broke. So, And I, and I think so many people think how, like, how, how do I get to meet those people? Like, how, like how, how do I put myself in that position? I think this is a tough question to like, think about for yourself. Why do you think the experts approach you to partner with you on, on these books? Do you think it's, you know, just what you've done? Do you think it's your experience? Do you think it's your outlook? Like, what do you think it is? I, I, you know, if I'm going to be really honest, I, I think it's God's hand in this. I, my heart is about making a difference in this world. My heart's about everything I've ever wanted. I want it to be able to serve people first. Um, and, and yes, I get to live a crazy, amazing life. But this crazy, amazing life happened after I gave jobs to people, after I bought my parents a beautiful home, after I bought a car for a, a, a lady and put her in one of our homes who was homeless, after we helped get children into college. So serving others first put me in line for this. Um, what attracts them to me? I don't know, probably my persistence, like, you know, hey, would you like to do a book with me? Or, hey, would, you know, I'd love to do a documentary. And then it just leads. Um, you know, I've, I'm, I met some fabulous people on this journey. I have some amazing friends. Um, and, and I think when you, when you're just real and what I've learned is these people all have a heart to make a difference. I just, uh, um, the documentary dreamers just came out, uh, launched on Monday night and I got to sit with Lisa Nichols and got to sit with some you know, uh, Dean Kanan, who invented the Segway board. And when you meet them and you hear them talk, their heart is about making this world a better place and serving people. And I, I'm in awe of that. And I think that's the, the attractor, that when your heart's about making a difference in this world and serving people first, um, that's the attractor. 
And, and you're always saying that you're, you're dreaming. I've got to get back to your vision board. Where are you going to meet Oprah? You've already dreamt this at least five times. Where are you meeting Oprah? Because I'm actually going to fly Jake and myself out there and we're just going to sit next to you so that we can go. So like, you're, just because you're on the podcast now, your vision board's my vision board. My vision board's your vision board. So where are we meeting up to meet Oprah? So... So I, Jack Canfield was sitting with Oprah on a bench and I took my Oprah's, I put my picture over Oprah's face, which is how I met Jack. So I told Jack, now I've got to meet Oprah to tell her I'm sorry that I covered her face with my face. But, you know, I picture her house in Montecito. I'm sitting in her backyard and I'm thanking her um, for the difference she's made in my mom's life. Um, my mom was a victim of molestation as a child. And when Oprah came out with what had happened to her, it, it just opened my mom up to being able to talk about it. And I, I feel like Oprah gave me my mom back. Um, wow. And I want to thank her for that. Just, just how my mom is such a survivor and just such an amazing woman at you know, 81 years old, she's still as feisty as can be. Um, but I do, I picture myself and my mom's coming with me. So we're going to have to have a nice big bench or two chairs outside on her lawn. But I, I, I feel like just a thank you to her. Thank you what she's done with her work. Um, because of her, I did Tony Robbins and I walked on fire. So I have a lot of things to thank her for and just for being a powerful woman. Oh, that's so that's uh we'll add two more amazing. chairs for you go ahead yeah yes. yeah we could <clears throat> yeah. it doesn't matter we, we could bring our own chairs if it makes a difference we could bring our own chairs heck i'm willing to sit on the floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll sit anywhere i, I yeah. can lay down i could stand up whatever yeah. I, I could social distance i could wear a mask you name the parameters i'll be there yeah um, so one of the things that i have on my vision board is my own um g6 um jet um so this is crazy. And I think, I know she's going to find it crazy, but I don't know anybody that owns a jet except her, but I don't even know her, but I want to ask her like, what's it like to own your jet? How many people, cause I am going to own one one day. How many people do I need to have employed to be able to operate this? Um, so that's just one of my funky questions I want to ask her. What's, what's the fuel bill? I mean, that's, that's the main question when you're operating, what's maintenance costs and, and what's fuel everybody. I don't know. I, I think it's important. Like you're huge on mindset. And when I was talking to, to Jocelyn, one of our, our mutual friends, it's her mindset is what has propelled her over the way. And just how you talk, right? Like I'll have a jet. It's just, it's going to happen. Like I'll have one. I just need to figure out how I'm going to do it. And I love operating in that mindset. It's like, I'm going to start a podcast. Well, you don't know anything about podcasting. Uh, you have the most monotone voice I've ever heard and you're not very entertaining. It's like, Oh, screw you. I, I bought a, here's my <laughs> microphone. I uh, figured out how to download and upload and, and do the adult like I'll do it. Just let me know what it costs and I'll, or, or let me know what is going to be down the road in front of me. And I will take the barriers down one by one. That is a hundred percent mindset. I don't know. I don't need to know how to do everything. I just need to know how to continue to fall forward and ask questions and get the right people around me to do that. So that's, uh, that's awesome. The title of our podcast, and I know you commented on it, uh, in our emails is against all average. And it's this concept that 
everything everything that is average, everything that is mediocre, whatever it is, whether it's in business, in finances, in family, in your life, health, whatever it is, like average is not good enough. Do you think that you can live an extraordinary life by taking average day-to-day steps? No, no. And anyone who says that they're happy with an average life is absolutely lying because we always want the more. We just get in a mindset that we don't think we deserve it. But you have to be, you know, I, I heard Tony Robbins say that average, average gives you poor results. Even wow. extraordinary gives you poor results. You need to be outstanding to be able to get that life of your dreams. So what we do needs to be outstanding. So as an employee, you need to be an outstanding employee. You need to stand out. And to go from extraordinary to outstanding is very, very minuscule. But that's the big difference it makes. That's the number ones. That's the winners. And what's that separator? What are those little separators between, you know, the very top, like those top 10% people, we all know them. We don't need to talk about names here, but like, what is that separator from being in the 20% of high achievers and living the life that you want to live in that bottom 5%? What do you think are the key differentiators in that group that has had so much success and they're using that success to, to buy more family time, to, to live, live in great locations, go on vacation, et cetera. What are those key separators that you think? For me, it's been um, taking that risk, um, dreaming big to, to do, you know, when everybody gives up, you're still moving forward. You know, when, when everybody's sleeping in, you're out running, you're, so you're, you're doing, and it's not a big difference. It's just doing that little bit more, pushing that little bit um, more um, and, and wanting it. You know, how bad do you want it? When I hear people say, well, you know, money, money's the root of all evil. Well, I don't believe that. Money's choices. And, you know, I'm, I'm 54 years old now. I retired and didn't have to work when I turned 40. My husband's uh, 53 now and left work a year ago to run our companies. Um, we both, we have two teenage kids in high school. Money has given us the choice to be able to, you know, travel with them and take them to school and pick them up every day and during COVID have some fun times with them. So what is your dream and what are you willing to do to get that? And, and it's got to be bigger than, than just what other people say. Um, so, you know, your podcast, what choices has it given you um, to be able to go camping with your kids right now? Obviously you've made some choices to put you in the position to do that. So you've got to look at that bigger picture for me. Um, 22 years ago when I was broke and broken, 
I did things for the future of my unborn children. I was coming off of a nasty divorce, a toxic relationship that, by the way, I learned a lot from, but everything was about the future of my unborn children. I wanted to get into real estate. I bought, I bought a house that I still own in a dream neighborhood that when I was a little girl, my parents would drive us up and I thought, my gosh, one of these days I want to join that country club and I want a house on this street. I bought a house on that street and now my sister and brother-in-law niece get to enjoy that beautiful home. Um, but I bought it for the future of my unborn children so that when they were of age, I could have a home for them. I could pay for their college. I could do, give them some amazing opportunities that they didn't have to start where I left off or where I started. They could start where I leave off. So I, I encourage people dream bigger than you. What, what impact does it do? I've, I've sent people on vacations, dream vacations who never even know I sent them. I've bought homes for people. And, and when you see the look of a family who's lived in, in a very rough neighborhood, live in a multi-million dollar neighborhood, it changes lives. And that's what drives you. That's, that's the piece. That's so cool. And I think that I'm right there with you as far as, yeah, money's the root to all evil. Absolutely. Like if you, you have a huge social responsibility with that money, if you're not using it in the correct ways and giving back and doing things that are fulfilling, like you have these different buckets. And I always talk about different buckets. Like we've got family, like my number one bucket right there, but like if I don't have money, I don't have the opportunity. I don't have the time freedom. Number one, like that's the biggest thing holding most folks back in a regular nine to five is the time freedom to even if you had money to go and do something cool. And then the other, the other bucket, a, a huge one of mine, I give back through coaching a lot uh, is community, but being able to say like, Oh, there's a problem. We don't have jerseys. No, that's not a problem. Let's, let's just solve that right now. Oh, you can't get to and from practice. Okay. Let's just solve that right there. So I think so many people think that money is the root of all evils and it can be if spent in ways that are not fulfilling and don't align with your morals and values. So I think it's so cool that you, you stay so, so down to earth as you've earned more through real estate and holdings and different types of things like that. Uh, it seems like you have your hands in so many amazing projects. Just reading them uh, is just so exciting to me. Um, Talk a little bit about some of those give back projects, some of the, the documentaries, and uh, you also do, I, I'm just going to stop there. You have so many cool things that you're doing. Uh, please just talk <laughs> about the importance of giving back to you again. And then specifically, what are some of the cool projects that you're working on? So, you know, giving back, you've got to do that. There's a, a great little book I read called Seed Money in Action, and it talks about um, the law of tenfold return. So when you give, you get tenfold back. That has absolutely been what happens in my life. So to, to give, you know, during COVID right now, there's a lot of people that are hungry, a lot of children that are hungry. So we, uh, we're, we own a restaurant, so we're able to order food in bulk and some of our um, staff that are a little displaced right now because um, you know schools aren't operating and that's what their job was. I pulled them and said, "Okay, we're uh, giving back." So we had a, a truck wrapped in this 
kiwi green color that says crazy amazing it talks about giving back so everything's about um, support your community give back give a hug um, love people so it's just funky stuff um, we fill it up with food and we have a list of people who need food and that's what they do um, some of the you know and i love doing that i could give stuff away all day long like i love going through starbucks or the other day i was at burger king and i just there were like four cars behind me so i gave the lady my card and said pay for everybody behind me and she's like ma'am uh i don't know that we could do that i said why she says that's a lot of money and i started laughing i said um you know she goes i i said I, I just feel like doing that, like five people, like, and just tell them, have a crazy, amazing day. So she comes up and I don't know, it was like, it wasn't much, $40 or something, $50. And she got a big smile on her face. I said, do you see how that made you feel? I said, when you do that, I said, it just feels good to make a difference in people's lives and to surprise them. None of these people will ever see me again, but how fun it was to just, they get to go home and brag somebody paid for their lunch. So I could do that all day long. Um, some of the projects I'm working on, uh, you know, the Dreamers Project, it, 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 I'll send you the link. It's just about having a dream in your heart and how these people did it. Um, one of, uh, um, you know, you just see some astounding stories in there. Um, I'm working on It's Happening Here. Um, it's a project, underground project, Project Underground Railroad out of uh, Orange County on uh, bringing awareness about sex trafficking of children. Um, I am excited to be an executive producer and contribute to that film because I think we needed to help children. So those are things, um, my crazy amazing, it just got trademarked. So we're launching, um, launching the whole book series and uh, we have one coming out. In fact, uh, I'm gonna talk to you two about maybe contributing to that one. Whoa. I think it would be great. Um, I really wanted something that could come out that would inspire people who are having a very difficult time during this quarantine. So I pulled, um, one of my favorite authors is John Kralik. Um, he's actually a judge here in LA County. He came out with a book called The Simple Act of Gratitude. I love that book. And I got to meet him. I just sent a little email and he wrote me back and He's going to be a contributing author, but I, I wanted it to be a free ebook so that it's accessible to everybody, but I wanted stories. So we have uh, 14 authors right now. Um, I would love for you two to join in and just what are you doing during COVID to make a difference? What's, what's keeping you excited? What's keeping you hopeful? And um, we have a variety of different stories. So that's what I'm working on. Awesome. So cool. Yeah, we'd be honored to, to tell you what we're doing. We're doing a lot of this. <clears throat> We've done uh, 20 something interviews wow. in a month, something like that, Jake. Is yeah, that right? we're, yeah, we're, we're just cranking through and you know, our, our whole hope and goal here is just to provide value and knowledge and information. You know, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I know I'm not wrong to just take those people to living just kind of a day-to-day -day life to living an exceptional life. Yes. Yeah. And, and so many of our listeners, they might not even be entrepreneurs yet, 
right? That keyword yet. But in order to, to live a life on your own terms, you're going to have to have some entrepreneurial spirit, whether you want to uh, invest in real estate or, or get down the road and partner in different projects, you're going to have to start living a life where you're set up and prepared to do those types of things. So uh, it's been an amazing project for us. Um, you know, our only sponsor is Jake's company. It sounds good. Like it, it sounds good. Jake hasn't, impressive. Yeah, Jake hasn't sent any checks my way lately, but uh, you know, we just, we just, uh, we have a good time with it. And it's so important for us. Um, I'm still a high school business teacher full time. And people don't know, know that about me as they, they come on the podcast. They think I'm just a full-time entrepreneur and I'm doing this podcasting and a little lacrosse stuff, some event stuff. No, I do all that and I'm a full-time teacher. And so um, it is one of those things where teaching's been up and down as far as how I deliver my message. And I don't know from one day to the next. And I've, I've always been this way. I never bank on the job that I'm working. I'm always working to increase my skills, increase my network, etc. I wasn't able to talk this confidently on episode one. Okay. I didn't have this beautiful low voice in episode one. Like there's different things that you learn and it, it's so cool. And I think that project that you're working on in our story, my, my story comes out of a, a place of almost desperation. I needed something. I needed something so bad mentally that I had to start another project because my existing mis, uh, business is in sports and they shut down all the fields. We're still in phase one right now, and I'm finally getting back to the practice field, one on 10, social distanced. You can't even touch people. Like friends will drive together in cars to the field, and then I have to separate them. Separate, separate. And it's like, we've been playing video games all day. Like, you, you know, this, this is what it is. So um, that's a very cool project that you're working on, and we would be. Um, We'd be absolutely thrilled to contribute to, to any project that you're working on in, in any space. Um, we're just, again, we're here similar to you. We're trying to help the listeners gain insight, gain mindset, et cetera. Now I'm going to be selfish real quick, Anne-Marie. I have three kids and they are my entire world. Okay. The reason I do these projects, the reason that I have, I started a company eight years ago and started my entrepreneurship journey, because I, I kind of like you, like I knew I needed something going forward. I just didn't know what it was. Um, for all the parents out there and selfishly me, how do you raise crazy, amazing kids? Well, funny you should ask. That book just came out. It's available on Amazon. Um, raising crazy, amazing kids. I, I interviewed hundreds of parents. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm a former well, I'm a teacher always by life and then a school principal. Um, and I decided I wanted to raise my daughter when I found out I was pregnant with her. So my husband and I made that choice, but now she's 16 and our son's 15. Um, I, I interviewed well, I'd seen so many children, you know, just through the course of my career. And I thought, why, how is it that some kids just like are crazy amazing? What did the parents do? And it had nothing to do with, you know, affluence or environment. Like, like what was it? So I interviewed all these parents and I just picked the commons. And this book is a compilation of easy things that you can do to do that. Um, I'm 
what I came out from the book is you've got to let them make choices. And as young as they are, as soon as they can decide whether, and I know, you know, with your kids, I'm sure they, your three-year-old um, has an opinion about what, is it a boy or girl? It's a girl. Girl, of. what she wants to wear. Oh and, boy, three different know, outfits a day, Anne-Marie, exactly. three different outfits. Yes. And, you know, pick your battles. Who cares if she wants to wear three different outfits? You know, I had the mindset that my daughter was going to be in foo-foo dresses and cutes. My girl's an athlete. She's on her road to be a professional golfer. Her, her outfit, since she could pick, is a t-shirt and shorts. Um, okay. Um, I also started giving them allowances when they were very young and they could count money. Um, and my husband thought I was nuts, but I would give them an allowance. It was like a job to, for them. I said, I'm paying you to go to school. I'm paying you to get your homework done. I'm paying you to get good grades and to be a good person. And they are so good with money now. Um, they're on the verge of being able to start um, investing in real estate now. So I'm starting a company for them. So my point is, our role is to facilitate their life, not live vicariously through it. Wow. So let them make choices. Let them, let them, you know, family choices. We make family choices together now. My daughter, who's a year older than her brother, thinks that she's co-parenting in the way we're raising him. Who cares if that, you know, she has some good ideas. Some of them, maybe not, but, uh, but that book, I think that book is, is, just a fun little compilation of tricks. That and, and for our listeners, again, what's the title of the book you can find on Amazon? Raising Crazy Amazing Kids. Absolutely. I'll have to check that one out. I've not ordered it yet, but uh, sounds like a, a beautiful read. Now I'm going to ask some tough questions. You ready for some tough ones before I'm, we get, get going? Bring it on. All right. What are you not very good at? Oh, what I'm not very good at. Um, I tend to not do things I don't like to do. Like I, I'm really working on this right now. I actually just hired a coach. Um, like I'll procrastinate on things that are kind of important, but I just don't feel like doing it. So um, yeah, and it's, it's not good because I'm holding myself back. So I finally made the decision yesterday that I need, I need some help with a coach. Um, so uh, I, you know, Tony Robbins' son, uh, Jarek Robbins, neat, neat guy, neat guy. Um, so I hired him as a coach um, to help me. I'm on a mastermind with him and I love his strategies. I love him. Um, so that I'm not very good at. Um, what else am I not very good at? That's good. Th thank you for being raw for our listeners. And, and because some, sometimes people think that at some point you just do everything. Like yeah. at, at some point you've reached some level of success and you do something. I, I wish and I don't wish like you had my desk view right now. You'd be like, what? Like, why? Like, why is there like 
two envelopes over here. Like there's two pop filters just kind of sitting over here that I don't put on my microphone, but like they're there. So like maybe I'll use them in the future or something like that. Like I have the same problem as well. Like I'll be sitting here. All I have to do is go into QuickBooks real quick and pull up two reports. Nope. That sounds daunting. I'm going to pull out my phone and text a buddy that I have not texted in five years. Well, it's not that that was the wrong way to go in my head, but I really didn't get anything done. So uh, you, you talked about coaches. How many different coaches have you had over the years and how has that helped you? You know, um, I've had maybe three different ones. Um, a lot of my coaching comes from books. Now with Audible, I find, you know, Jim Rohn, I love listening to him. Um, Tony Robbins, I've said him, you know, Oprah. I, I listen to their books to get inspiration. Um, but actual coaches, I've had three. So I, I have a, a one coach that is really good on just keeping me balanced. I talk to her once a week for an hour. And it's more about just relaxing because what happens is my mind is racing all the time. I, I just have an idea after an idea after an idea. And sometimes I just need to sit still. So this coach is more about meditation and, and um, finding some calmness and settling me down so that I'm not running around. So I've had her for about a year and a half now and, and it works, you know, it just still sit and just, okay, what's going on this week and um, what are some thoughts and let's, you know, not, not be crazy and try to do a million things at one time. Uh, my other coaches have been, um, uh, you know, financial coach um, working on the real estate portfolio and what, what was the outcome I wanted and how do I organize um, myself and our, my husband's portfolio um, you know, I, my, my personality, I always tell people, I think the beauty of my husband is he's very organized. Like I'll jump off a cliff without having packed a parachute, <laughs> you know, it'll be like, holy crap. Did I, oh no, I forgot the parachute, but I just jump and I say yes to everything. My husband will start packing two months before we're going anywhere. And he's very organized and he doesn't do anything without there being organization to it, you know? So I think that's the beauty of our relationship. Um, as he's working with us now, he's worked in our companies for a year. Um, I realize like I, he's so good at things that I just don't like to do. Like, I don't like paying bills. I just don't like it. Not that we don't have the money to pay him. I just don't like the whole process of it. Same. He loves it. Um, um, so, so now with my new coach, um, Jarek, I'm really looking forward. I want to, I want to scale. I'm ready to go up. You know, I've obviously got to make more money to get my jet. I, I want, I want to know how to do the book franchise the best way. I want to, um, focus my time on things that are really going to add the value that I'm looking for, right. um, the time. So that's what I'm looking for now that things that, 
you know, I, I have a master's degree in, in social change, not a, you know, a business one. So now I'm at a point where, um, how do we, how do we leverage what we, where we're at and how do I grow that? That's awesome. Jake, do you have anything else for Anne Marie as we're closing things out? We want to make sure that we get you on your way. I'm sure you have to do uh, a million things today or probably in your mind, you have a million things to do, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on your way. Hopefully you can get five of them done today. That's we're my, good. Goal. Today, That's today my goal for day. you. Yeah, today's a good day. <laughs> I, I know one thing, you know, as you kind of talk about your coaches, um, I'm sure there's tons of things that your coaches have taught you about yourself, you know, about things that you didn't even think about, but I'm sure there's also mentors that you had that, you know, there's a couple of key things that, Hey, you know, Jack Canfield's taught me this and just, you know, changed my life in every way possible. What have you learned specifically from a couple of your mentors along the way? To, to live with purpose, like figure out, you know, I, I believe each of us were born to answer a question. And when you figure out what that question is, you figure out your life purpose. So for me, my question is, how do I make things better? And that question affects everything in my life. How do I, I meet somebody, how do I make that better? Um, I buy a home, how do I make that better? I have a car, how do I make that better? Um, so to live with purpose, to figure out what your question is, um, to, to be happy. Like, what is your happy place? Um, for me, fun. Like, I, I, I mean, no lie. If I work 10 hours a week, that's a big week. Um, I've set myself up where I finally have learned to hire people, um, to do the work better than I can do it. Mark Cuban is a master at that. Um, but at the end of the day, none of this matters if you're not having fun, if you don't have a quality of life that gives you choices and the freedom of time. Because, uh, you know, what good is all this if I'm run to the ground and I don't see my kids and I don't see my husband? Um, during COVID, one of the best blessings for me is it's made me pause and I've worked so hard from where I was 22 years ago that this has forced me to realize I don't need to work that hard anymore. I need to sit back and enjoy and rethink what is it that I'm going to do that's going to add value to this world and to the people's lives that I touch. So wow. that's what I've learned. Just relax, have fun, enjoy. Yeah, that's, that's a huge point. As far as hiring things out so that you can relax, you can be a visionary, you can think through things. That, that was an eye opener for me. Jake, did you have something you kind of chimed in there for a sec? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of talking about like, you know, the future and kind of current state of being happy. And you have your vision boards, which I think is awesome. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, you made me glance over it at my, my vision board over here. Um, you know, you, you already know what you're going to achieve, right? It's just, when's the timing of that? What do you think the timing is going to be in the next five years? Like, kind of where do you see yourself? And what's that vision board going to look like in the next five years? Um, as I look at my vision board, <laughs> um, I really feel like, like this time of pause is going to help me restructure things 
Um, and I'll have everything on my vision board moved over to my dreams accomplished. Um, but like anything, I'm always growing. So that vision board is going to continually be filled. But within the next five years, yes, I'll have my jet. Yes, I'll have, um, I have a construction company and uh, I want to build custom homes coming up. So I, I think that's kind of going to be a fun phase of mine. Um, I have, yeah, my kids will be in college by that time. So it'll really be rethinking what my husband and I are doing and where we're traveling to. But yes, they will be accomplished within the next five years. I, I, th I, think, I think more than anything, it's just that mindset that I, I really want my listeners, or, you know, our listeners to take away is it's that mindset of it's going to happen. Like, you expect I, it. like, like it's, it's going to happen. It could happen in the next five years. Maybe it's three years. Maybe it's next month. I don't know, but it's going to happen. Like, I don't care. It's going to happen. Yeah. And you need to start talking as if it, it's already happened. So, you know, um, with my jet, which is the biggest thing on my board right now, I tell the kids, like when we're going somewhere, wheels up in 10 minutes or wheels up, you know, <laughs> and they laugh every time we say that. Uh, but I do, I already have where we're going to take our first trip and what we're going to do. Um, but yeah, it's got to be real to you and act as if, who, who cares what other people think if you're crazy? You know, I, I tell my friends, you know, about my jet and they're laughing. I said, you're not going to laugh when I invite you to San Francisco for breakfast. Or, but, um, but this is your life, your journey, your dream. And, um, you know, look at people who have the life that you want. Because there will be people, you know, when I refer to money is the root of all evil. Most of the time that I hear that is from people who've never had money. So you know, you're never going to have a very wealthy person say that to you because right. they know the choices they get with, with what they've built. So dream big, order it, don't get caught up in how it's going to happen. Um, just, just dream big, get excited about it. Look at your board as often as you can picture yourself in that vacation spot or that home or that you know, that place where you can give back to people, get excited about it. And don't get caught up though, in how it's going to happen. That's not your job. Your job is just to order it. Yeah, we could this episode, I feel could go for three hours. I feel like I'm, I'm sitting with someone that I've known for five years. Amory, you're, so, you're, you're so easy to talk to, because you have nothing to fake. You're completely yeah. real. You're completely honest, unfiltered, and that's what uh, that's what our listeners need to need to hear and needed to hear today. So thank you so much. And understand, listeners, the world is working for you, not against you. In order to grow our podcast, we need your help. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and tell a friend about every episode you find value in and share the episode on your favorite social media platform. If you like the episode, please rate the episode and leave us a review. You can find us at Against All Average on all of your favorite social media platforms and at www.againstalleverage.com. Another big shout out to Anne Marie Smith and this episode's sponsor, Fame Pro Services. And with that, we thank you for listening to the Against All Average podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>